Welcome to PwC IFRS Talks, your source of all things IFRS, technical accounting matters, business issues, current standard setting and regulatory updates. I'm your host, Ruth Preedy. In today's episode, I'm welcoming back Mr. Ian Selfridge. Welcome back, Ian. Hi, Ruth. And we are going to be talking about disposals. It sounds like a big topic, but we're going to break it down into looking at IFRS 5, so held for sale and discontinued operations, and then we'll talk a little bit around the disposal of um, subsidiaries and maybe associates yep. as well if we have time. So let's start at the top. Obviously, it's it's wide. Let's With IFRS 5, what does it cover? What's in the scope of IFRS 5? So IFRS 5 is all about the uh, disposal of non-current assets. And so if you have non-current assets that you want to get rid of, you go and look at IFRS 5. It also has a slightly broader thing that says, well, you might also have a group of assets, what they call the disposal group. So broadly speaking, you start from with these are non-current assets that you want to get rid of in some way, shape or form. Perfect. And then I mentioned in the intro that you see you have something held for sale and discontinued operations yes. are the two main things. What are, the, are they the same? I'm guessing well, not. The, the, no, one is a subset of the other. So yeah. you start from saying... Held for sale is where you go for, which is I've got some assets that are in my business and for some reason, commercially, whatever, operationally, we don't need them anymore. So we decide we want to get rid of them. And the accounting standard IFRS 5 is that, well, first of all, you need to decide, are they actually what we call held for sale? So if you meet the criteria of being held for sale, they then come into IFRS 5 and then you need to do some accounting, which we'll come to in a bit. The criteria are, broadly speaking, uh, do we know what we want to sell? Are we able to sell it now? You know, we don't have to do stuff to make it ready for sale. Is it ready for sale? Do we have an idea of the price that we're going to charge? Do we have actually, are we actually trying to sell it? Have we got people going mm-hmm. around, would you like to buy my assets? You know, so you, and have we it's got not just right? a thought in a person's no, no, head. No, you have to have made a decision to do this. So typically yeah. that would be a board level at the very least yeah. to say, we're going to sell these things off and you need the approval. So if you meet those criteria, we're into health for sale and you basically show the assets slightly separately on the balance sheet so people can see them and off you go. The question on discontinued operations is a subset of assets that you hold for sale might be a business or some operations that you are effectively discontinuing. And so from, not from a balance sheet perspective where you just part the assets to sell and get rid of them, but from the income statement side of in my actual operations, do you have to show those things separately as discontinued, not part of my continuing business? So the discontinued subset of held for sale is something that is, is the way it's described as it's a major line of business or geography. Or uh, there's a unique one, which is when you buy a uh, you might go out and buy some stuff and what comes along is some subsidiaries that you don't want to keep. You say, I had to buy them as part of the big picture, but I want to sell these two immediately on. Yeah. So that one's quite easy. So yeah, discontinued is we're going to stop a major line of business or job. Okay, so held for sale, you could just effectively be selling off an asset yes. that you think you're going to sell within like a 12 line. months. That's right, yes. Or uh, discontinued, you said there, it's like a major component. Yes. So yes. what is major? That I get quite a lot of questions on that. This is one of those classic things as a word, right? The word says major in the standard and there's no basic conclusions or definition or chapter <laughs> yeah. what that means. So, so you come back to being sensible. Well, what does major mean? And I'll be flippant and say it's obviously bigger than minor, right? <laughs> and so it's a chunk that you would notice. So usually the conversations we have with, with companies are around, well, as a starting point, if this thing that you're looking to sell off, your disposal group, probably a business, usually the way these things work, if it's big enough that you would have been talking about it in the past, so that would be through your segmented reporting, through your strategic reporting and narrative reporting in the funds. You know, so this is my Turkish operation or my um, widget at A operation. You know, yeah. if, you, so if it was big enough to be in segment reporting, that would fairly easily become a major line of business. Um, once you get down below that, say, so, well, actually, I think it's quite big, but it's never been big enough or it's been yeah. 
appropriately aggregated in the reporting. Then we, judgment applies then. Is, you know, well, is this a big enough thing that we would, when you look at it, you would say that seems to pass the major test. So there is some judgment in that. Geography is a bit easier. It, it tends to be yeah, ring fenced to the whole of the US. Yeah, it, would, it would be all of America. It would be all of France. It might be all of Eastern Europe. Maybe yeah. it's Australasia. There'd be some obvious thing that you'd be able to point to. Um, and there's sometimes there are drivers by from a reporting perspective why you might like it to be discontinued because it's then very separately ring fenced from your continuing business. And that's where the judgment kicks in around is it appropriate to pull that out judgment okay so you um mentioned there get into the accounting a little bit Ooh. let's start with discontinued because we're on yeah. there um what is the actual accounting implication of saying you're discontinued so if you're discontinued then from a, a profit and loss account point of view uh, you, what you'll want to show to the user of the accounts is here's a set of my business that i won't have going forward so to help you i'm going to take that out of sales cost of sales gross profit, admin, all the way down to profit after tax. I'm going to take all of the line items out that relate to this little discontinued business and squash them down to one line that just says net profit on discontinued operations for the current year and the prior year. So you can see, well, that's ring fence now. That's what we're getting rid of. Yeah. The advantage for that from a continuing point of view is you could you say to your shareholder, so I'm going to sell this and we've got some information yeah. in the notes to tell you what I'm going to do. But you should be also interested in everything else left behind. Yeah. And when you go and look at your sales, cost of sales, it's not um, polluted by this discontinued yeah. operation. So you, you, you basically, once you've made the decision you're going to discontinue, you pull it out of your current reporting and your prior year reporting. If you then flip over to the balance sheet, it's part of your health sale assets. So again, yeah. that's in two lines on the balance sheet. You have a line for health sale assets and a line down below for health sale liabilities. Okay, so then on to, and you can have occasionally that you would have, because discontinued could be, you could abandon something yes. and then it wouldn't be obviously held for sale. So you could have occasions where you've got something that's discontinued and not held for sale, I think. Well, you could, and oh, you could actually have sold yeah. it before the year end. So yeah. if you if you actually got rid of the assets and the liabilities, you won't have anything in the balance sheet, but you are still from your performance reporting point of view, you will have some a one-liner that says, but during the year, we did actually make or lose money yeah. on our discontinued operation. So then from the health for sale, like you said, obviously it's more of a balance sheet presentation. Yes. What's the actual accounting? You you meet the held for sale criteria right. and then what do you do? So, so you've identified a collection of assets. You say, I've definitely met the criteria and you therefore move them from where they used to be into this one line. And then what the accounting says, well, the first thing you should do is check whether any of these assets are impaired. Um, and so you go back to the individual standards, so fixed assets, um, intangible assets, and so on. And then you look at them as a collection, which is your disposal group. You're, if you're selling them, you're obviously looking for a sales price. And the question is, if your sales price is higher than your carrying amounts, you're going to make a profit when you eventually sell them. And yeah. we're all good. Yeah. It gets more complicated and more difficult when... Actually, this disposal group, part of the reason why I want to sell it is it's not performing very well. And therefore, I don't think I'm going to be paid as much as my carry value. So I've got an impairment here that I need to worry about. Yeah. What the accounting says is the first thing you do is you look at the individual assets and liabilities in accordance with the, the correct standard for them and check whether they've got any impairment. Effectively, what we say, there's an impairment trigger. Do a test. Once you've done that, you might have written some of these assets down. Then you move into the disposal group and you look at it as a sum, as a, as a complete thing and say, what is the, the grand total of the assets and liabilities that are on my balance sheet? Is that number bigger or smaller than what I expect to sell it for? And if it's uh, bigger than what I expect to sell it for, you've got an overall loss of value, which you need to account for. IFRS 5 says, well, you need to write down your assets then. IFRS 5 is all around non-current assets. So it explains that this big thing and this adjustment, you would write down effectively pro rata across the assets, bearing in mind that each individual asset shouldn't go below its individual recoverable amount. So it's almost 
send you into iOS. It becomes its own little CGU that sits in iOS 36. Yeah, and, and the idea is that you end up with a, a one line of assets that is, a, is, is not, it's not any higher than the fair value, because, yeah. you know, but it, it may not be as high as a fair value if you've got an inherent accounting profit coming down the line. You don't get to anticipate that you'll make a profit, yeah. but you do need to reflect that you might make a loss. And I suppose with discontinue, we talked about one of the um, the challenging areas that what is major. Withheld for sale, is there any challenges over like actually the classification deciding if something is held for sale, or is it fairly straightforward usually? Well, the, the, I was mentioning the criteria earlier on. You need to have a plan, um, and it needs to be available for sale as it is now. So if you need to kind of rejig it and organise it and do some stuff, it's not ready for sale. So. Yeah. So those can be challenges in trying to work it out. The approvals are, are important. Uh, often it's a board level approval, and if you so if the board have decided we're going to sell this collection of assets, yeah. then that's enough. Occasionally you come across it's so big. Back to our major conversation, it's so big that you probably need shareholder approval. Then you have a question around: is the shareholder approval substantive, yeah. or is it just perfunctory? You know, they're obviously going to say yes. Yeah. If it is substantive, then you. You can't call them a help sale until your shareholders said you're allowed to. Um, so, so, so there's an issue from that perspective. The some things that generally aren't too difficult to get through are: is it highly probable I'm going to be able to sell it? Will I be yeah. able to sell it within a year? Usually, yeah. those ones are, are not too bad to get around from that perspective. Okay. Um, so, moving uh, maybe away from IFRS five, mm. what do you do if you're selling a subsidiary? What what guidance can I look to there? Okay. So, when you've got a subsidiary, that means you control a legal entity. It's including your consolidation. So, IFRS ten is the first port of call you go to around. I consolidate my subsidiary. If I'm going to sell my subsidiary, the first question is, will I lose control or not? And that will depend on whether you sell your entire holding. That's really obvious. Yeah. You're going to lose it. But if you only sell a percentage of the, of the subsidiary, do you lose control when you do that? If you don't lose control, then IFRS 10 says, well, you still have a subsidiary from a, an accounting perspective. You would still be consolidating all of the assets and liabilities. Nothing changes from the top yeah. up the balance sheet point because you still control these assets and liabilities. But what you do down at the bottom in the equity bit where you would have your equity, that's the groups, and a non-controlling interest, that's the interest of other parties in your subsidiary. You would either be creating or increasing that non-controlling interest. So if we went from 100% owned subsidiary, I have no controlling interest. If I sold a 20% stake and I still have 80% left, in nearly almost all occasions, I'm still in control. Yeah. So what we say is, well, the top half of the balance sheet, that's still me. I've yeah. got it on my books because I'm in charge of all of that. But down below, I only actually have economic rights over 80% and my non-controlling has 20 So you would effectively split your equity downstairs into the 80 that belongs to me and yeah. you set up 20 non-controlling interests. Um, and you would continue to do that every time you sold an extra bit of your subsidiary for as long as you kept control. It would just be a shuffle downstairs. And obviously, when you sell your shares, you want to get paid for that. That number, what the fair value of the stake you just sold, might be bigger than the carrying amount of the equity. So you, inf- you, you sound like you make a gain. That isn't a gain you recognise in income statement or OCI. It's an equity transaction. So it all happens down at the bottom. The next bit, though, is when you sell enough of a stake that you lose control. So IFRS 10 says, well, that's interesting because now that you don't control this legal entity, it is no longer a subsidiary, you should stop consolidating it. So at that point, what you do is you take all of the assets and liabilities off of your balance sheet uh, because it's no longer part of you. Um, and then you think, well, have I still got an interest in this vehicle? If I had sold 100% of the subsidiary, it wouldn't be mine anymore. Yeah, I'd have been paid, hopefully, a whole wadge of money, um, and I would make a profit. Because 
because I would be paid my fair value of my subsidiary, I would remove all the book values and the assets and liabilities, and there's probably going to be a positive difference, which is the profit on sale. Um, again, back to where we say, if there was a loss there, that would probably imply at the point when you decided you were going to sell the subsidiary and brought it to hell sale, it may have been an impairment, you would have written it down. So the idea yeah. is you'd impair now yeah. and then make a nil profit on sale. It gets more interesting when you don't sell all of your stake. So you go from 100% subsidiary, uh, let's say, to a 40% interest, and you, so you sell 60 off. So you've lost control. What, what do you have left? You have a 40% interest, which is I'm typically sounds like an associate because you'd have significant influence. Yeah. So what you need to do practically is say, I need to remove all of the individual assets and liabilities from my balance sheet and replace that with a new 40% interest in an associate. And what IFRS 10 tells you, look, you can do that. You put the associate in at its fair value, which you should be able to determine given you just price 60% of your business. So you'll be able to determine a price for your 40% that you've kept, your remaining stake. And the, the mechanics are you take everything off the balance sheet, then you add into the balance sheet your proceeds for selling the 60, the fair value of your associate at 40, and the difference that falls out is the profit you make on the spoke. Like all these things, life can be not simple when you do certain things. So mm-hmm. when you sell it, the other one is you can sell down to a, just an investment when you don't have um, significant influence. Then you just be recording um, a financial asset and you'll yeah. be doing equity accounting. Sometimes, though, the way the world works is that people say, well, I, what I want to do is sell my subsidiary and it goes into an associate and then you account for an associate. And then we get into those glorious things of there are two ways of doing it depending on which Policy standard. choice. Yes. You know, so... Um, <laughs> You have sometimes a, a conflict between what IFRS 10 tells you to do and what IS 28 tells you to do. So IFRS 10 is all about consolidation of subsidiaries and recognising a gain when you, when you lose control. IS 28, which is the equity accounting standard, explains what you do when you transact with an associate. And one of the things about transacting with an associate is you don't necessarily get to recognise all of the gain you think you, you realise. Because you're selling it into an associate that you own, you're selling part of that gain to yourself. So IS-28 would say when you put a business into an associate, you only recognise a partial gain for the bit that belongs to the other party, not the bit that you've retained. IFRS 10 says you've lost a subsidiary, you get a big gain, so full or partial gain recognition. And as you say, you look at these two things and you could go slowly mad trying to decide what the answer is. So you say, well, I have a choice, which one do I pick? And that, um, I'm sure that went to the board. They did. So the, so, so, so the question went to the board yeah. and they were asked, well, what do we do here? Because there's a conflict. And the, the ISB spent some time looking at it and they came up with an answer. And their answer was, actually, we'll help you differentiate which of these two standards you use by asking you to determine whether you've put a business or a collection of assets into the associate. Okay. And what they said was, if you put a business into the associate, then we apply the um, IFRS 10 rule, which is you get full gain. If you just put a collection of assets in, you apply the IS-28 rule, which says you get a partial gain. That would all seem fairly straightforward, but it came out and then the board deliberated. Well, you see, the thing is that this is all related to IS-28 and equity accounting. And there are other things that are not good with equity accounting, right? IS-28 is maybe a little bit broken. It's a little bit broken. (laughs) It's a little bit old. If you were going to start again with a blank piece of paper, you might not end up with what IS-28 says. So what they decided was actually... Having thought about it a bit more, there are the, we we have a full intention of doing a really big project on IS twenty eight and equity accounting as a whole. Yeah. So, having just told you what we think the answer is, we're going to hold back on forcing you to do that and say actually this update that we've done this amendment is now effectively on hold pending the resolution of the equity accounting project. So, what we have now is slightly more information of where we were before, which is where we were before is we had two standards that were obviously in conflict, and you had a policy choice, and then we had a solution from the ISB which they've determined. It's too early to force that as a solution, so it's not applicable. So we've got an indefinite we, deferral. We have an indefinite deferral. It's Is it indefinite? Probably not. Like as in deferred for the well, foreseeable right, future. Yeah, possibly longer than <laughs> you and I will be in work, but yeah, we'll see. Um, so, uh, 
what that means is that prescription doesn't apply, which means we fall back to you have a policy choice. Now, you could, as a policy choice, choose to say, if it's a business, I'll do it this. If it's not, yeah. I'll do that. You could have a policy choice that says, I always do IFRS 10. Or, so yeah. we are in that slightly unhelpful, we'll have some diversity in practice. My, my usual advice to companies, be really clear on what you've done. State your policy. Disclose, disclose, exactly. disclose. Disclose, disclose. You can't go wrong. I feel like all I say on these podcasts is just make sure you disclose it. Yes. <laughs> so you could just record that and then just repeat that yes. twice a month for exactly. the podcast series. Yeah. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, I think that probably brings us to the yeah. end. You've covered loads in that, Ian. Well, Thank you very much. I don't think you needed me even asking you questions. No, well, I'll uh, ramble forever if you want. <laughs> we always want you. So maybe come back soon and do equity accounting. I'm putting him on the yeah, spot. No, Everyone, no, he looks no, at me no, like, no, thank you. Happy, well, happy to come and do equity. I think we'll, we'll try and not spend too long telling you what's wrong with it, but this is about actually how you apply it in practice. So. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for coming in. We talked today about IFRS 5 and a little bit about disposals in IFRS 10. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Ruth Preedy. Happy accounting. The preceding programme was brought to you by PricewaterhouseCoopers LLP. This content is for general information purposes and is not a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.